Welcome to the Freedom Slay Podcast, where entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and other passionate peeps come to fast track their success. If you're trying to make boss moves, hit that subscribe button because you don't want to miss out on any of the goods. Because every week you're going to hear the behind the scenes real tea from people making ginormous leaps to grow their business. And as a result, you're going to get the tools that you need to slay your own business goals. If you want to create a life of time and financial freedom, all while doing the things that you absolutely love, you're in the right place. Because we chat making impact and bank ground here. My name is Gainette Jones, your host and Freedom Slayer in charge here. Let's begin. Welcome or welcome back to the Freedom Slay podcast. Have you ever sat back and wondered, are you doing this running a business thing right? Is there a way to make it more efficient? Do things sometimes feel a bit unorganized? I know you said yes to one of these things because that's business, right? However, today we're speaking to someone who is a business productivity consultant and she specializes in project management. She helps businesses save hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars by identifying and creating solutions for operational inefficiencies. And the person we're speaking with is Shanice Miller. So if you're feeling like the pain of not having an efficient project management system, even if you don't know what that is as yet, we're going to be talking about it in a short bit, but I think you're going to love this episode. So I'm going to just say, all of, that's all I'm going to say for now, because she's going to explain who she is and how she got started and all about project management and how you can make your business more effective and more efficient at the end of the day. So that's it. Let's dive right in. Hello. Hello, Shanice. How are you? I'm great, Ganette. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I am good. It's starting to get a little chilly. Fall is here for sure. I saw Mariah Carey yesterday and posted like before November even started. She's posted on October 31st to say that it's officially Christmas season and she's <laughs> got her music playing. So, oh, yeah. Whenever her her song comes out, it definitely is Christmas season. <laughs> yeah. Like she determines when we switch over from pumpkins to like whatever Christmas, like red and green. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> so can Tell listeners just a bit about like who you are and how you got started, like what the things, the few things that shaped you into who you are today. Yeah, of course. So I run a business operations firm for coaches, consultants, and service-based businesses. And this is for people who have messy or no systems in place. It helps me and helps them to make their daily activities more efficient and their business to run smoother so they can really maximize their impact. And now what really shaped me was I initially started thinking about business rather than working a job was right after my senior year in high school. My dad went from having 20-20 vision to being legally blind over a span of two years and he was unable to work. So that really made me start questioning like, what am I going to do if I'm unable to work? How can I still bring in money if something like that happens to me? And I've always been a big book reader. And so I was reading up a lot on like other ways to make money and things like that. So that's what really led me into the entrepreneurship world. And it led me to creating my first business, which was an educational consulting company. Interesting. That's such a cool story. Like not the situation, obviously, but I love seeing how people like transition from what they were doing to what, you know, where they are today. Um, did you like get a degree in business ops or anything like that? Like, what did that side of things look like when you were growing up? What did you want to be? 
No, so I actually went to school and I have a degree, bachelor's of science. So it's not in business ops or anything like that. I did have a background as well in project management. So that's where I guess the business ops comes into play. For sure, yeah. (laughs) But it's definitely not what I went to school for, but it was just during that period, especially since that was such a pivotal moment in time, Mm -hmm. that's when I really started thinking and honing down and really questioning, like, what exactly do I want to do when I grow up? How do I see myself, you know, living a certain life? What is it that I think can make a really big impact, but can also sustain me if a freak accident happens? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting how these situations just get our minds working in a different way, but in a way that's obviously super effective because it's led us here today and to what you're doing. At the very beginning, you mentioned, you know, working with people who have no systems in place and there may be people listening. And I mean, we've all heard the word system, systems, right? But there may be people thinking like, what does she mean exactly when she says systems? So are you able to explain like what that means for those who are listening? Yeah, of course. So a system is really just in layman's terms, it's a process for doing stuff. So step one, step two, step three. So I always think of it in like the lamest terms of making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like you have to pull out the bread, you have to pull out the ingredients, but you're really documenting those steps and you're putting them in order so that if someone else came behind you, then they would be able to produce the same end result by doing those same steps that you took. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key, right? Having it laid out so that you can pass it on to someone else, which will free you up to do other things. Or as you mentioned before, if you're in a situation where you aren't able to do it at all, you have those things in place. So thank you for explaining that. I'm sure there was someone who benefited from that explanation in that way, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And a lot of people tend to ignore like the back-end operations of the business. They don't think it's very important. They like to focus on the shiny stuff that they see on Instagram, the marketing, you know, social media posting, all those things. But you focus on it. And why do you think it's so important? I do. And I focus on it and think it's so important of doing the back-end systems because I experienced that myself. So when I first started my educational consulting company, I actually got a mentor. I purchased courses and things to do to really make sure that I was on the right path for starting my business. So I really invested in myself. But what I saw was that none of those courses or mentorship programs really talked about systems or backend operations. So in turn, with that first business, I severely lacked systems and processes. I literally did everything. Everything had to go through me. I was doing the Facebook ads, the client calls, making all of the scripts, the content. It was just really a lot and overwhelming. I had everything all in my head. Nothing was written down on paper. So everything works like that for a certain period of time until you start to get more clients. And it wasn't until I started hitting that six-figure mark, making my best month ever money-wise, getting a lot of clients. I really found my groove but I was so overwhelmed and exhausted that I felt like I was working a demanding job. And that's really not why I started in business. I didn't want to just have a job when I started. I wanted to have time freedom. I wanted to have something that could run itself if I got sick or I couldn't work anymore. And I saw all of those things just flowing through me. That's when I said, okay, I need to take a pause. So I decided to sell that business, of course, it was after reading another book because <laughs> I am definitely a book. And what book is that? 
I'm going to have to dig it up. It was a long time. I believe it was called Digitally Wed. But okay. it's not like a, one of those very known books, but it really talked about business buying and selling. So I sold the business. I got a lot of lowball offers and I started really looking at other businesses that got higher offers to figure out like, what's the difference between my business? Because I felt like I had a pretty profitable business, even though it was a business of one. But I started seeing the other businesses that really got the high offers that got a lot of interest, people who wanted to buy their business quicker with a higher multiple. They had systems in place and processes in place so that one owner could just come out and the other owner could pop in and follow those same instructions. And that's what I lacked. So that really in a long winded version, that made me understand that systems and processes were really the key to having a sustainable business, something that could be scalable and something that could run without you. Mm -hmm. You said a few really important things just now. And starting with something I'm sure so many people can relate to, and that is doing all the things, wearing all the hats, feeling like they're juggling a million different roles to run their business. And at the beginning, that is what you have to do, right? But you did share, like when you get to this point, it's no longer effective because you now have these clients, but you aren't going to be able to serve them to your highest ability if you're still doing all the other pieces as well. So with this in mind, like, what would you say are the key processes to define and streamline for those who have a business? So I always say all businesses have three main key processes to define and streamline, and that's their marketing process, their sales process, and their client delivery work. And I have a free mini training just for your listeners. It really goes in depth on how to automate those key systems and processes in your business to scale to six, seven, and eight figures. But I say these three processes because they're the lifeline and the pulse of business. I had a client who did web design services and clients will reach out to her in her DMs or via email. And she would either respond back so slowly to their request that the client would always already go ahead and hire someone else to do the job by the time she would respond back. Or she also had the problem of she would get on a call, tell them she'll send them a proposal, but will forget or send the proposal so slowly. So she was just really missing out on a lot of money afterwards. Every mm -hmm. missed DM, every missed email, the missed proposal, that was $6,000 that she was missing out on because her website services were a premium service. So streamlining those marketing sales and client onboarding processes would have prevented her and so many other business owners from missing out on those clients. Mm. And soon as I heard you saying like the proposal and she's taking long, I'm like, oh no, she's throwing away money. Because yes. I know personally, even if I'm talking to someone like whether it's a broker or someone for the physical product business and, you know, they're like, okay, we'll send you a contract. Yes. I very much determine if I'm going to work with someone, not just based on what they tell me during our meeting, but through the communication or the lack thereof, right? How long it takes to reply, how long it takes to get that contract you told me you were sending this afternoon, but you sent three days later. All of those things matter because what it says to someone on a subconscious level is, okay, well, you know, I'm busy. And if I'm already busy before taking you on, then that means that I probably I'm not going to have much time for you, or it's going to be a whole mess behind the scenes. So yes. I loved that. Okay. So let's look at these things then, because you said marketing. And if you see me like going down, I'm just typing on a notes app. <laughs> you said marketing, sales, and then not customer acquisition. You said client, was it client? Onboarding? Client delivery and client, client onboarding. delivery onboarding. Yeah. So when it comes to marketing, 
are you saying then like they should be creating systems for what they're doing to reach their customers and make them aware of what it is they have to sell? Yes. So that and there, all these three flow into each other because you need to produce mm-hmm. leads first and have those leads flow into a sales pipeline and then close the sales. And that flows into client onboarding and delivery. And like you said earlier, that if someone's responding slowly or they're not doing what they told you you would do on the call, that's when someone starts to get a little bit skeptical. They're maybe not going to go with your particular product or service over another person's. But if you have these systems in place and it's just pulling the person from one point to the another to another, then you can feel relaxed knowing that that system's already done it. They've received the email with all the right information. You don't have to keep thinking about or recreating that email each time, sending it manually when it could be sent automatic instead. And you know that person got all the information that they needed in order to make a great informed decision. So marketing is really that first part where you're getting a lot of people who are interested. They're hearing about you. They're learning about what you do, what your business is. And now you need something to take them from, okay, I'm just interested to let's have a conversation to see if we will work well together. And that's where the marketing gets handed off and your sales starts. And then maybe you'll talk to them on the phone. You have a certain process and some businesses have different processes than other ones, but we really work with them to make sure that we have those documented, outlined, and we do a customized build out of your particular systems processes and make sure we're capturing everything that's in your flow, what you do and how you go from a lead to having someone in the sales pipeline to closing that person and starting them off on the right foot as a client. Mm-hmm. And listening to this, for those of you who are listening to us right now, I always say, don't tell yourself this wouldn't apply to me. Ask yourself how this can apply, right? So a lot of this sounds like it's specifically for like a service-based business, but it can certainly be applied to product-based businesses as well, right? So I know there's like a 50-50 divide in the audience where many of them have the service-based and many of them have product-based businesses. But for those of you who are listening and you're like, well, I have a product, how does this apply to me? You know, customer acquisition and all of this. Obviously, we know how the marketing can apply, right? But also understanding that the sales could be your sales page, right? How many clicks does it take for them to purchase on your website? You know, when they are purchasing, even if it's not an individual customer for DTC, direct to consumer, possibly it's a retail customer. What does that sales process look like? How are you pitching them? How are they finding you? What are you doing once you get them to bite as in to reply to an email or something like that, taking them to the next stage? Like how are you then following up? How often are you following up? What does that email look like? So thinking about ways that you can make it easier for yourself by doing a little more legwork at the beginning to ensure that it's a smoother transition for you as you continue to grow. So I love that you brought that up because it's really important for people to understand that we shouldn't be flying by like just what they say, the coat. The seat of our pants. There we go. I knew it had to do with, I knew it had to do with clothing, right? I'm like, coat, no, the coat, it's not coattails. No, <laughs> definitely the seat of, our, seat of our pants for sure. Like we shouldn't be doing that, right? So I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad that you gave that example of reaching out for retailers to try to pitch them because that's our, a part of the sales process as well. If you are making pitches, even though it's maybe not a sales 
phone call that you would do with a one-to-one person, but you are trying to get your brand into a store or you're trying to, you have a process for what do you do to package your brand as well to make sure that it's ready for the customer to get it ready to pitch to the investors or to send them freebies and to follow up. (laughs) The following up is the biggest thing. (laughs) It is, especially if they have something that's a CPG product, something that someone is continuously purchasing when they run out. You know, you want to ensure that you have that customer retention piece built into this as well. So I'm so glad you mentioned it. And you were also saying, you know, we have a system to ensure that we figure this out. So when I hear V, I'm like, okay, tell me about your team. What does that look like on the back end for you? So I have Um, a marketing team. I like mm -hmm. to keep a lean team. And I will expand later on, but right now I do a lot of the client work and I learned that as something starts to get too overwhelming for me, when it starts to hurt, I need to hire. So I like that. I like that. When it starts to hurt, I need to hire. Yes. And that was marketing for me. So marketing was like, okay, I'm doing a lot. I'm feeling more stressed out in this arena. So I need to hire someone to take over that portion of it. So I have a small team of three to four and they work on the marketing and I do more so subcontract. So I will work with other companies who specialize in what they do and let them take over that aspect. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing to note as well, because sometimes when people are hearing, oh, goodness, I need a hire, it's hurting, but I don't know if I can hire. They think they have to bring someone on full time and that it has to be an employee. It's like you can work with third parties that can be really good at assisting you to do what it is that you need to do in the interim. So I'm glad you did mention that. Yes. And I had that same instance where I was going to hire. I was so confused too. And I wanted to hire a virtual assistant and that person did nothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I had nothing for them to do. Uh Like I had everything all in my head. I was wondering like, okay, this person I'm hiring them. They should just be able to go in there and to check my email inbox for me and to go through all the emails and respond to them. But they're like, what do I respond? How do I respond? This person's asking these questions and you learn through needing those systems, not having those systems in place that you need to have systems like that so that you can give someone a frequently asked questions, a FAQ for responding to emails so that they know, okay, this is how you would like to respond. Those email templates are so important in your systems and processes so that you're not just handing over something without being able to hand over the same quality or the same words that you would want to say to your clients. These are very important people. That's such a good point because email is one of those things people think can be easily given. And it can be if like you said, the back end pieces are ready, right? Because yeah. even having those things where it's like, okay, when do I not respond? And when do I reach out to Shanice? Because I need to know what her reply is to this, because maybe it's like top level importance. If, you know, Oprah Winfrey sends a new team, sends an email and they're like, we want you to do X, Y, Z. Maybe that's not something they want to use a template for, right? So yes. maybe there's like, maybe there's like this box of things where it's like, this is when you reach out to me. If CNN's calling, you reach out to me. If you know, like, yes, kind of thing. So I'm so glad you brought that up because again, it shows just how important, even what may appear to be the smallest tasks, uh, how important it is to have those back end pieces pulled together for even the smallest tasks. Yes. And that was definitely something I had to just learn from experience and waste money on a virtual assistant who didn't really do anything because I needed to give clear directions. I didn't have clear directions to give. And I also didn't have the time to train since I was so busy. So that's why setting up these systems as you're going are, it's so important. 
Mm, it's really great that you were able to identify that though, because many people would say, well, this person's useless. I'm going to hire another. And they're going to continue to hire people that yeah. aren't able to give them what they need because they're the ones that aren't fulfilling their end of providing what needs to be given. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. And what would you say then are some things that these really large multi-million dollar companies know about project management in particular, that these smaller businesses aren't quite on yet. They don't quite understand them yet. Ooh, that's a really good question. So I've worked behind the scenes of a lot of seven and eight figure business owners, and they definitely know that setting up processes and automating them, you can spend less time on current client workload while giving the same level of service. So I actually worked with one client to set up an onboarding sequence template And at first they were doing all of this manually, but I automated the process where after every time a client signs their contract, they're automatically sent an email with the next steps in the process. The email explains what to expect and it includes their client intake form and any information that the client would usually have to write in. So we automated that process so that she no longer had to do that manually. And then after the client submitted the information needed, the information from the form automatically would populate into tasks, start that sequence of tasks that need to be completed to ensure the client's success. So the templates, the processes, they freed up on average of 20 hours of time each week just by preventing my client from having to do these redundant manual tasks and replacing them with automations. Mm, Automations. So is there, obviously you're saying that it automatically populates like tasks and things like that. Is there a specific system you like to use or recommend to your clients or is this something you build on the back end yourself? So I can do either actually. I love using ClickUp just because it's very intuitive. It's all in one. However, I always say that a tool's only as good as if you use it. So I really work with clients to make sure that this is going to be a tool that they're going to feel comfortable with. I'll see if there are any tools that they're already using that we can just use instead and we'll work with the tools that they have. And then there are things that you can do on your back end on your website. So you don't necessarily need a different tool. And of course, for people who are just starting out, your tool can be an Excel spreadsheet. Your tool can be a Word document that you just have connected to your website. Maybe it's a form and you get notified of that form. So there are different ways that you can add tools, but just use the systems, make sure you're doing the systems and following something, having it documented in place. Mm-hmm. And what would you recommend? I know you just said Excel. Is that like your favorite one for just documenting processes? Or I know there's like Trello, there's Asana. Like, do you have a favorite that you use just like for staff to say, okay, if I do outsource this or if I do get staff on board, this is going to be the tool that really helps them? Yeah, no, my favorite tool is actually ClickUp. So oh, okay, I wrote ClickUp because mm-hmm. I've never heard of it before. I was thinking this one was specifically just creating tasks. I didn't realize you can also put in like your steps. Yeah, ClickUp is really an all-in-one. So if you are familiar with like a trainial or SOP, something that you can write down all your processes, all the steps in one and have that just manual way of how you work and what you do, you can incorporate your SOPs, your standard operating procedures into ClickUp. Or you can assign tasks to different people if you have different employees or if you even want to assign it to yourself to start off and then you can replace the names with somebody else or the job functions with someone else to get start to continue on with the process so that just so that you have that outline 
or you can always assign due dates to things in ClickUp as well. You can have your email sent directly into ClickUp. They just have so many functions, so many different automations, and they are linked and synced to other platforms as well. So say if you are scheduling people using a Calendly link or you're using a different booking platform, you can use ClickUp. You can also use Zapier as a tool that can link different tools together so that they can all talk together. So maybe you have your Calendly link and then you're making sure that that's going to incorporate with Zoom so that you and the person both get the same in the correct Zoom link because that's going to be an issue if you are trying to manually do it yourself. And then it will be placed on both of your calendars so that you don't miss an appointment. They'll get the reminders and also to incorporate it into maybe your marketing pipeline that we talked about earlier, saying that this person is, it's currently a lead, they're interested, and maybe you have a different sequence of where they would go after the call. Maybe if they said yes, or even if they said no after the call, you have a different sequence for that person to go down. So they are going, continuing on with different tasks, whether they say yes or no, because if someone mm. said no, it might just be a no, not right now. Exactly. It's not necessarily, yes. And maybe at that now. point, they get on like a standard email list of yours that yes. you send like a general one where maybe you remind them in a year from now, they're like, oh, you know what? I forgot about that. Let me get back into that. So I yes. love I love that. And you've taught or spoken as well about so many different things. So we touched on the SOP, so the standard operating procedures. You've talked about automation, templates, the importance of all these things. Is there anything else that you think listeners need to know um, just to get and stay more efficient, I guess, in their day-to-day running their businesses? One of the other things, you're right, we touched on a a ton. (laughs) So besides writing down your task daily, actually following the steps, I would say don't worry about getting it perfect. As your business grows, your processes will change as well. So your systems and processes will need to be updated to keep up with those changes. So have something documented, have something at least to just start doing and start following the process and then add to it as you go along. So you might have said like, okay, I'm so used to doing things on my own that I already know automatically I need to do these things. But when I go to document it, I might have forgot a couple of steps. But then when I go back to look at that system again to follow the procedures and then follow the steps, I might say, oh, let me add this step before step one, because that's something I have to do, such as like for content, you might have to research content, but a lot of people want to start that content process at just going in to start maybe um, sending out content to your audience. But you have to research, you have to make a content plan first. And then you can go into, okay, what do I want to list out? What do I want to send out today, tomorrow, next week, the next month? And you actually have a system and a process for this rather than, like you said, flying by the seat of your pants. Mm -hmm. So good. And I love that you said it doesn't have to be perfect to begin with, right? Because that's another thing that holds so many people back where they're like, well, I can't do it because I can't make it perfect or I don't have all the answers right now. But it's like, would you rather start at, well, you're going to start at step zero regardless, right? But in five years from now, even if you started a little bit and you started documenting little bits and pieces, wouldn't you rather you know, hand this over to someone, your staff at that point at step two, rather than step zero, that means you're going to be even more busy because you've been working on your business longer. You have more customers, more clients, possibly more SKUs if you have products. 
you know, you want to make it as easy for yourself as possible. So I love that you're saying it doesn't have to be perfect. You can always tweak and adjust as you change your processes and also remembering to go back and look and figure out because a lot of times we do these things and like you said, think, okay, just go create content, go open Canva and do something. It's like, no, what goes into that before? Maybe you're researching, maybe you're going on Twitter and seeing what's popular in pop culture, right? And that gets incorporated in a meme. Like what are those first steps? So thank you so much for that. And there's one question I love to ask at the end of every single Freedom Slate podcast. And that is, what does freedom mean to you? Freedom to me means without worry. So what I mean by that is you can have choices and options because you don't have to worry about things like being somewhere daily at a set time or because you don't have enough money where you don't have to think about the cost of a trip. You, or you can, you have to plan it out for months in advance. You can just book it right then. So freedom to me, I used to say it meant like having choices, but now I understand it means having those choices without worry, without having to question if I'm making the right decision, without having to worry about if I have enough time or enough money, or if I can take off that day to be able to have that freedom to do whatever it is I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, so, so good. And where can people find you? I know earlier you mentioned the freebie, like where can they get that? I know we're going to put everything below in the show notes, but just in case they're like driving and they're like, I want to make a mental note of it. Yeah. Where can so, they find you as well as the freebie? Yes. I've created a special page just for your listeners. They can go to tasklygroup.com slash FSP, which stands for, for the Freedom Slate Podcast. And that's where they can get my three steps to automate systems in your business to scale to six, seven, and eight figures. They can also book a call to chat with me about their personal business systems, or they can connect with me on LinkedIn or IG. Also, all of those things can be found on my website, tasklygroup.com slash FSP for Freedom Slay Podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for hopping on, Shanice. Truly, Thank truly you. appreciate it. I love this. Thanks so much. You are still here, which means you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I loved taking a step back and really looking at the things that help your business truly move and to give you that true freedom so that you can have that freedom to slay your business, right? And it's really about creating those systems, getting and documenting those processes, getting clear on them, I should say, and documenting them, automating things that you can. I'm so grateful that Shanice spoke to us about all of these things. And by all means, make sure you check her out on Instagram, check her out on LinkedIn. I'm going to put the links below to everything. And then of course, tasklygroup.com forward slash FSP for Freedom Slave Podcast. Go get that free information and truly put your business in a different category because you, in order to go places where people aren't going or do things people aren't doing, you have to do the things they aren't doing, right? You have to be able to separate yourself in a different way. And the reality is most business owners aren't focused on these back-end tasks that are truly going to help you to be more efficient. That's going to really shine through your business and help you stand out against the crowd. So thank you again for listening and we will chat next time. Bye-bye. Okay, okay, I see you, Freedom Slayer. You stayed through to the end, which tells me that you likely enjoyed this episode. Listen, if you haven't already, do your sister a favor by heading on over to the iTunes store to leave a review for the podcast. It'll help others like you find a benefit from it. And look, it also helps with the rankings. Hashtag transparent AF. I appreciate you.